Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add concerts that made us in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey concert lovers, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. I'm your host Brian and I'm back with another band this week. It's a really fun episode. My guest this week is the punk band Fears of Abandonment. They were formed in 2015 by brothers Ellis and Aidan Holland and they are the oldest group in their local music collective known as the Chow Main Triad. The band started off playing pop punk covers at their high school in Pasadena, but quickly evolved into writing their own material. In 2017, the duo was joined by bassist James Fall, and they began branching out to larger and larger local venues. Mixing dark and woeful lyrics with upbeat pop hooks and melodies, Fears of Abandonment is sure to bring out the inner emo kid in anyone willing to give them a listen. Now before I chat with the guys, we're going to take a listen to their song Perfect on Paper. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Bye. 
Hey guys, you're very welcome to the show tonight. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah. I'm glad to have you. So uh, we just heard one of your songs there. Would you like to tell us a bit about it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, Ellis wrote that one. <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I can go. Uh, it kind of came together like pretty quickly. And I mean, really just kind of came because as I was starting to assemble, I had by this point, by the time I started writing this song, we had already had a good chunk of the album written. And I was really just starting to like sequence it in order. And with the order I had, I felt like it just needed this, like a quick burst of energy. And so uh, I went and just like started strumming away on some power chords and came up with it. I thought that like it could have this cool like big drum fill that Aiden did, <laughs> which I think added immensely to it. And also James's uh, bass parts, I think made it a lot more interesting because it was just like kind of boring power chords on my end <laughs> so once you all had a bit of input it came together beautifully yeah i think that was another one we would play live a lot um but i didn't know the lyrics and i don't think james knew the lyrics until i listened to the album <laughs> <laughs> right right so um how did you come together as a band who uh who had the idea first and when did you get together um, well, it started as like mostly me and Aiden, uh, we were in high school at the time and, uh, I don't know, like we're, we're brothers and like, we'd only recently started playing together. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And we recorded our first records actually. And it was, uh, it was coming out and me and James were doing a high school theater together. And like the day after it came out, he came blah, the day after it came out, uh, I go into a rehearsal and James is like, Oh, I heard the album, man. Uh, it was pretty cool. You know, if you ever want anyone to like play another guitar or bass or something, like, let me know. And, uh, we did. And it was one of the best decisions we could have ever made. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, the next question then, your musical influences. A, a wide range of influences. I, you know, when we started out, um, we were playing a lot of Blink-182 and, and Green Day covers. Hmm. Uh, so that was certainly the basis for a lot of our sound, but also uh, the band Alkaline Trio. Uh, Ellis and I are big fans of that. And that, you know, Maybe not something we played as covers so much, but something we listened to a lot while working on songs. So, yeah. That's... I'm going to let James go next because I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. Um, sure. Well, yeah, I, I think I have a pretty diverse range of influences. I listen to, I kind of came up as a rock, like guitar and bass player, and then. Um, but I also have a pretty extensive like jazz training, and I think that's where I come from when I'm constructing the parts and then kind of put them into the um, the more rock punk context. And I think it has a an interesting um, element to it. I tend to think more as in this band, I think of the bass more as like a harmony instrument. Because mm. um, I feel like in a lot of other um, similar bands that that that's something that sets us apart 
yeah yeah it does come across you can you can really hear it and it's very interesting that you said you uh come from a jazz background you know and you're not just you know coming straight in from a rock or punk background it's uh it adds for more makes for more diversity yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean a lot of the same stuff as aiden like uh blink 182 green day foo fighters uh like a lot of 90s and early 2000s uh pop punk and then also just like i mean i listen to my fair share of pop too like i'm a big fan of taylor swift really <laughs> and uh like avril lavigne and that sort of stuff yeah you know? yeah yeah so i guess i kind of like uh pop songs but like hardcore pop songs if that makes mm. sense yeah 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 well not exactly because like you know singer songwriting stuff i feel like tends to be more like really kind of lyric focus and pop is like really kind of like production centric so i don't know i kind of like maybe akin my favorite kind of style to something like the killers which you know it's like definitely like kind of poppy but also has a little bit more of like some like guitar influence cool cool i am I definitely agree. I wouldn't be the biggest fan of Taylor Swift now. She's a, uh, I think she's uh, over here anyway. She's like one everybody loves to hate. She's kind of like the Nickelback of the pop world. Really? Yeah, yeah. But um, then I think secretly a lot of people do actually listen to her. She does have a couple of good songs. I'll give her that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I kind of started on that end, like. You know, starting like, uh, I don't know, like it's kind of pop and like super popular, but I just kind of like gave into it at some point. But like, you know yeah. what? I'm 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 done trying to be like fucking cool and <laughs> <laughs> like hating on the thing that everyone likes. Like I actually like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um what would be your earliest musical memories? I guess like playing the recorder in as like an eight-year-old in school right i remember being like pretty good at that so that'd be the first instrument you've ever learned to play yeah that was the first thing i ever learned to play but the first thing that i was ever like passionate about was i started learning guitar in like around when i was 12 oh and okay. so um that's like where it all kind of started for me, yeah. even though there were earlier musical memories. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. It's uh over here as well. We when we're in, I think it's third or fourth class, so we're like seven or eight. We're almost forced to uh, pick a musical instrument, but it yeah. can't be anything cool like guitar. It has to be like a flute or a tin whistle or something like that. And it kind of the majority of people, I think, it turns them against playing music. But uh, yeah, like that. Then when we hit our teen years everyone kind of picks up a guitar and tries to be Kurt Cobain or you know <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to take the question next I think my earliest musical memory at least in terms of playing music was I was pretty young I don't remember exactly how old I was but Ellis was doing guitar lessons at this music store and I was so young enough that I had to like go wherever my parents took me right and so I was sitting out there with my dad because he would also take guitar lessons at the same place. 
and they had like a little tiny drum kit for little kids and i sat down and i think i had two pencils and i started playing on the drum kit with the pencil <laughs> like every going to the guitar lessons i'd play on that drum kit and eventually they got me drum lessons and then a kit and, and oh cool <laughs> did you ever have any uh desire to pick up the guitar or was it always the drums you were focused on uh, as a kid, I was always focused on drums. More recently, I've thought, well, <laughs> I can't really play an instrument that has melodies or anything. I can do mm -hmm. a little bit of, in high school, I had to learn some mallet stuff, so I can do a little bit of that in piano. But um, So it'd be cool to be able to write songs or play something that someone knew, because on drums, there's maybe three or four beats you can play and people would recognize. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. But drums are cool, man. I, I like playing them. <laughs> They are, they are. I, uh, I kind of dabbled with them myself when I was about 16, 17. Um, yep. My parents hated it. I was, <laughs> I'll hold my hand up. I was no good. I literally just used to beat any random drum. I don't think I could even play one song, but in my mind, I was Dave Grohl or Lars from Metallica, you know, yeah. but <laughs> I was nowhere close. <laughs> Feel awesome. Though, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Ellis? Uh, yeah, I guess like my first memory of playing music was I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was pretty young. I was probably about seven. And uh, I don't know, that started pretty much just because uh, a few years earlier, my dad started taking guitar lessons. And I thought it would, it seemed cool. And it's like, seemed like something fun that we could do together. So mm. I basically just asked my parents if I could do it too. And yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <Here> we are now. <laughs> cool. Um, it's a bit, your dad must have been uh, not old, but you know, for uh, to be taking guitar lessons, it must have been later in life from the start. Yeah, he'd taken uh, piano lessons like when he was a kid, and he was in like a couple band or a band in high school where he sang, but uh, I when i i know that like when he was a kid he didn't like doing it that much mm. i think actually the guitar lessons were like a gift like a christmas present from like my mom or something oh. so yeah it's definitely like a later in life thing but uh it was it was pretty fun to get to do together and pretty fun now that he's like proficient at and we can play <laughs> together so. would you uh ever consider having him in the band we yes. actually yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> We've actually over uh, quarantine have been making like just a bunch of recordings with him just for fun. I like that James was the first one to respond enthusiastically. To oh, that. I love Steve. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Yeah, did get your dad too. Get Randy in. Yeah, Randy played trombone in high school. Maybe, maybe you can pick it back up. Oh uh, yeah, man. Have a horn. Do a horn duo. Get uh Randy and uh, Nathan. <laughs> little horn section going. favorite part of playing trombone in high school was like um being like having to be like close to everybody in the stands when they were playing a football game and he would like hit people in the back of the head with the sled oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh it's probably the most enjoyable part of playing it i'd say <laughs> yeah using it as a weapon <laughs> yeah so at this point, I'd uh, 
I'd usually start asking my guests about concerts they've attended. But I think uh, my listeners would actually prefer to hear concerts you've played since it's the first time I've had a full band on the show at the same time. So the first gig you've ever played, would you like to tell us about it? Yeah, um, there's kind of two that I would consider our first. There was one that Ellis and I did just at our high school, um, which was, I don't remember going very well. No, it, I remember going over really well. Oh, do you? Like it was just guitar and drums, but like we pulled out some hits. We did like Wonderwall and everyone, uh, everyone went wild. That was, we had, we were working on the first album at that point. And uh, one of the songs on that album starts, somebody shoot me, <laughs> put a bullet in my head. And Alice is and it starts, you know, just with, with guitar, with acoustic guitar. And then he goes, somebody shoot me. And the audience goes, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I wasn't even gonna, I wasn't even gonna play that song actually for like kind of that reason but uh one of my best friends in high school was like kind of edged me on about it i was gonna do like a cover of different songs like no dude like i really like that song you should play that one and you decided to do it so close to the show that uh i didn't play it with you yeah i mean i think it was gonna just be i think it worked fine as like just an acoustic bit anyway but yeah i think i'd made the change like five minutes before we went on or something <laughs> uh, i don't know if james wants to speak uh, to it's an interesting song to sing at a school was there much uh, feedback from teachers i think uh, we we're a little too loud and all the teachers walked away pretty quick. <laughs> yeah the other thing i remember i was actually someone took a video of it and i was re-watching uh the other day we did uh I think we opened with all my life i want to say the foo fighters song oh i love that and song it's a great song it's a lot of fun it. yeah i just like remember my voice it like it it was like making me cringe because of like how hard i was like trying to scream and stuff and like <laughs> it's a miracle we played any songs after that yeah. <laughs> well, Foo fighters they you know they have a lot of guitars <laughs> they got a lot of guitars but also dave girl's voice man like yeah. He can scream and I I cannot. <laughs> if James wants to speak to our first show at a thrift shop. Ooh, that was fun. That was my that was the first show from when I joined the band. Um I think April 2017. Sounds right. We, we played at this place called Meow Meows in Pasadena. Shout out Meow Meows. It's an 80s themed like I guess kind of kind a little eccentric thrift shop um in Pasadena and it's great it's a it's a very small venue but it's a lot of fun because you can get like 30 people in there and it feels like a packed room um, and they they have all these lights and we bring all our gear and like play for our friends and it's that was a lot of fun cool how um, did uh how did that gig come about oh well we had just played at the town the like variety show at our high school yeah um and some of our friends had also um like formed a band just to do that mm. just to do the talent show and we i think ellis did you ask seb if yeah i think our friend sebastian who was in that uh in the other band is like the talent show thing 
was telling me about it. I think that's how it came about. He was telling me about Meow Meows. And uh, I went, I like followed them on Facebook and hit them up and got a thing, got a thing going. Uh, the interesting thing though about playing that place is they book it in like four, I think it's four hour blocks. And right. like, so like they kind of give it to like the person that's booking it and then you're kind of tasked with you know creating a show around that like no one's gonna play for four hours so you have to find like a bunch of other bands uh to play and that's kind of how our our other friends group i think got started was they did like kind of their band just as like the talent show thing hmm. and i was kind of scrambling to find like an opening band <laughs> show, and i was like hey like if you guys could uh could open for us at this thrift shop gig that would be great <laughs> is it a a usual thing to play at a thrift shop no <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking we don't really have uh thrift shops over here we have charity shops i suppose that'd be similar enough but uh they're always like tiny little box rooms i'd say nine foot by nine foot yeah that's about what was i mean I, no it's probably like a little bigger but yeah, this like James said, it's not it's not a very big venue. Like you can fit like 25, 30 people in and there would be like some people standing outside the door. The the great yeah. thing about this place is you can get a small crowd and know for a fact that it's gonna turn into a mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, it was great. I think also like one of the other things that happened was three days before we had a we had booked an opening band that dropped out oh man <laughs> and so we had to kind of scramble i don't think we ended up finding anyone i think we ended up no i think it was just set. us and two hour shower so i just yeah <laughs> we just extended our set and how long did g actually end up playing for it felt like a long time i want to say it was around two hours yeah jeez <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> Like it was a really long set. It was like a like fifteen to like seventeen songs set. I think. What's amazing about that to me is that people stuck around the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In hindsight, it was like it was really exciting though. Like the first time because it was our first gig, and it it felt good to like be playing for like that long because it felt it made it feel like a real gig or something and not like yeah. you're just like opening for someone doing like 15 minutes. Yeah. I get, you. Or, I get you. So yeah, like it felt really cool at the time, but you're right in the hindsight, it is, um, it repressive in impressive yeah. and like nice of our friends to stick around for that long. Well, Especially uh, we're if like they a lot stuck of around. I'm sure, you know, you were doing something right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was mostly covers at that time. So at the very least, people could hear stuff that they know or liked. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. So um, the last concert you've played. Yeah, um, I think, I don't know if you guys know this offhand, but it is longer ago than <laughs> I wish it was. Yeah, because I feel like it would be like two summers ago. Yeah, the summer of 2019. Was... Wait, was that the house show or that it was wasn't the house the... show where the cops got called at the end of the night? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Now was... we've done stuff with other bands since then, but like as fears, that was the last show. Because after that, I went off to college and Ellis went off to college. And then 
COVID hit, so we never really got back together to play another show before. Wait, wait, was that the sh- that was the show where I brought like the vodka, right? <laughs> yes, that was the show where you had the high school of vodka. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you remember this. At some point, someone yelled at Ellis to take his shirt off. So I, I do remember that. <laughs> the entire night. Yeah. Like not just through the end of the show, like there were other bands playing after us yeah. and uh, I kept it off the whole night. <laughs> person that kept harassing you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, it's, it's kind of funny because I, I guess I'll just describe myself since this is a podcast, but like, I'm not like, I'm not out of shape, but I'm not like the most in shape person like i don't have like a six pack or anything there's not really much to look at (laughs) 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 but you know people were asking so you know what in in spite of all that that was one of our better shows (laughs) i don't know if that was necessarily like sonically one of our better shows i had a lot of fun at it like personally but I'm not sure if it necessarily sounded great because that was also like one of the only times I think I had a couple of drinks before and during the show. Yeah. And uh, never a good idea. Kids. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> drink. You play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep partying until afterwards. Then go wild. <laughs> I remember during that show, I was playing. Um, I was playing guitar on one like one song with one of the other bands and i was like jumping around and everything and i accidentally stepped on the power strip and everything <laughs> shut off in the oh, middle God. of the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, like i think so, the spirit like pushed pushed me because it's like a punk band you just that's a thing mm. i just like knocked into it and in complete silence are you sure now, since it was one of the other bands, you weren't trying to sabotage their gig? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, hmm. Oh, I'll stop talking now then. <laughs> was that also the show, James, where you were drumming for Two Hour Shower and you had me do the hi-hat at one point? Yeah. Yeah, we, we both played the same kit. That was fun. That was a good time. Yeah, that was... Like that was a show where it was like the end of the summer and it was just in someone's garage and like it it was just a lot of fun, you know, just one of those like end of summer vibes. You're with your friends hanging out, playing music. Yeah. Like probably not the flashiest, flashiest or like best show, but uh it was, like- it, it was definitely one of the most fun ones, I'd say. Yeah. Sounds like it was a, a great one anyway. Great last last gig you played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I only wish it was not as long ago yeah. <laughs> as it is. Yeah, it's a it's a really tough time for live music at the moment. Do you have yeah. any any live music at all over over there? Not really in the city. Not not not, not where we live, at least. I mean, there's some bands trying to make it work doing uh doing concerts over Zoom and yeah. stuff. But as far as like actual live like people on stage people in a room uh not really anything that's not like televised or recorded right yeah 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 it's the same over here they are uh there's whispers of them trying to get concerts back and one idea they're floating around is having everybody in a bubble i don't know <laughs> how that's going to work <laughs> uh, like a hamster ball yeah basically basically 
the mosh pit might be a bit fun, all right, but yeah. other than that, the atmosphere will be crap. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like a like a COVID bubble where like everyone has to stay together for like two weeks, just have it be like, <laughs> like two week like quarantine like Coachella party type thing. Yeah, when you think of it like that, it actually wouldn't be too bad. Everyone just take over a hotel and lock down for the two weeks, yeah, including the band. Like- test everyone before they leave it, it could in some ways be like way more fun yeah, yeah. like if yeah. everyone's just stuck together yeah definitely definitely um so this brings us to the worst concert you've ever played if there is one mm. or the worst experience you ever had at a concert you played um hmm. it's you know <laughs> i think in hindsight a lot of the early concerts we played were probably pretty bad but we felt good about them in terms of shows that we felt bad about. Um, um, I mean, there's nothing like too, too bad. I remember the only time not feeling great was uh, like at the start we were doing like these pay to play shows. Hmm. And there one time when we didn't like recoup the money that we spent yeah, on it, where we, we lost, tickets. we lost quite a bit. And I mean, I think the show went, pretty good but like just like have that afterwards be like oh we lost like a hundred or 150 dollars yeah it didn't feel uh it didn't feel great i can imagine any uh any aside from sound or sound quality or anything like that any bad experiences crowd wise or anything like that um we we went on a little like Bay Area tour last summer 2019 hmm. and all those shows went pretty well but in between the shows we were sleeping on a boat um in Oakland and I I don't know I actually I I was <laughs> I got in a hotel room Yeah you were in like a fancy hotel <laughs> the people were sleeping on a boat um do you guys want to talk about what that was like yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't end up spending a night on the boat because I was feeling sick, like the first day we got there. So we slept in our car instead. Though I actually feel like those shows we played, like that first show where that night we had we had driven up the day before, then slept in the car that night, went pretty well. <laughs> all <things. laughs> yeah, I, all the shows, out. all the shows I thought went really well. Like, not yeah. yeah. And like even even the even the boat thing, like you know, all that happened was like a park ranger came out, like came at us in the morning and like yelled at us. Yeah. But like honestly, like sleeping in the car was like pretty comfortable. Like like I was feeling kind of shitty the that night when we just made the decision to like move all the stuff to the front and sleep in the car. But but I woke up feeling like pretty good the next day. So yeah. It, like if we didn't get yelled at, like it would have been totally fine just like sleeping in there. Although, <laughs> although I wouldn't have had a shower probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say actually like the one concert I can think of, and maybe not even for the entire show, but early on um, we played at this place called Amplify, which is anymore. Uh, it got shut down because it was essentially a basement with a rickety wooden staircase <laughs> as the only end exit it was a cool venue though it was a cool venue it's a bummer that it got but, but huge fire hazard huge yeah. fire safe all right yeah but i think that's where we learned like the importance of energizing the crowd because i think we played a lot of our our slower songs 
and people got bored. James's sister got really bored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it seemed like they were into most of the show. Yeah, well, that was also before, like our first album is actually like a lot more mellow than the, uh, the one we just released. And this was probably before we wrote most of the songs for that. Like we probably just had Burning Away maybe. And uh, so yeah, our shows were a lot more mellow. And also as far as, I feel like the problem there was probably as far as designing a set list goes, I usually like to pull like, you know, the hits, but like also like more kind of obscure stuff just because it's fun because yeah. I don't yeah. get to hear it as much and I'm sure the audience doesn't. Uh, but that might have been like a little too heavy of like slow stuff and just songs that people weren't really that into. Mm. So I think we've definitely or I've definitely gotten better at like crafting set lists <laughs> since then. Yeah, it's kind of a, a learning process as you go along as well, I can imagine. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like you want to switch it up enough, like each time, to, like keep it fun for you. But, you know, there's some stuff you got to stay for the audience. And it's just finding like that right balance between like you're having fun and making sure the crowd's having fun. Yeah, can be Definitely. like you said, a, bit of a learning process. Yeah, there was one gig I remember we did at a at a bowling alley in like the bar in the back of the bowling alley. And um not during our set, but during Two Hour Showers set, which is a band we play with a lot. Um, like, I was playing drums with them, and I remember, like, three really big, like, burly biker guys walked in and came right up to the front of the of the stage where, like, there wasn't anybody. Like, there were, like, people sitting in the chairs. These guys just, like, walked came walking right up to the front and they're just sitting what <laughs> watching like this with their arms crossed um and i don't i didn't know what what to think really i was like oh I'm, i was drumming and i was like oh shit what happens if they disapprove <laughs> <laughs> and like after we 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 just kept playing um and after 10 seconds or so they they start like headbanging a little bit and they're like they're into it I'm like oh thank thank goodness i didn't i don't know what's going on yeah i could imagine the relief when they, uh, they like, start to approve yeah. biker band <laughs> miss those guys hope they're doing well so um we'll move on to the best concert experience you've had mm. i think that's going to be a different concert for all three of us this should be interesting so <laughs> i mean either of the whiskey shows yeah yeah i'd say maybe the first whiskey show i think maybe was a little stronger because that's that's the time we did toxic right oh is it that one was, that was fun we play we we like to play a, a a cover of toxic by britney spears really like you know rock yeah, but we like punked it up yeah, so. yeah it's pretty good it's a lot of fun that sounds actually really good it's so cool. Those riffs like really lend themselves to punk guitar. Yeah, it's like electric guitar. Like, <laughs> is there any uh, recordings or footage out there that if anyone wanted to look up and see you playing it? We have videos of it. 
I feel like we might have tried to post it, but the problem is like, it's really frustrating actually, because anytime you try to like post a video of you doing a cover, it usually gets striked. Yeah. Uh, for copyright reasons. So I don't know. It may be out there, but it might just, I have a feeling it's probably just our personal like camera roll is the old video footage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we can send it to you though. That would be sick. Yeah. 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 That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, but we were playing at like the Whiskey A Go Go, which is one of like, you know. Oh man, are you serious? Venues in, in Los Angeles. That's like legendary, even over here. Yeah. That's amazing. If I was in a band and I played there, I'd be like, right, I'm quitting. I've that nothing <laughs> can top that. Yeah, so we we've been there twice now, and that was really, really cool. That's where we played Toxic. Um and I remember the band that we were opening for. Like, I don't know, it's just an interesting thing to find out. But I remember seeing that their their lead singer, um, like, this is two or three years after we played that show. I remember just seeing online somewhere that she had become the bassist in Dragon Force. Jeez. So the current bassist in Dragon Force is, like, the singer in a band called Vigil of War. And that's who we opened up for the first time we played the whiskey, I think. One of the times. I think the second time. Yeah. It's hard to remember. They blurred yeah. together yeah, a little bit. You know, small world. They were, yeah. they were only like six months apart, too. Yeah. So She was really nice, though. She introduced herself to all the openers, which you don't generally have to do. Yeah, that doesn't always happen. Jeez. Uh, how, did, uh, how did that come about, getting to play in the whiskey twice? Oh, that's the <laughs> coolest part. They messaged us the first time. Yeah. Really? We just got like a message on Facebook from our band, like on our band account. And they're all like, hey, if you guys ever want to play the whiskey, just like, you know, let us know. <laughs> if you so, yeah, that was the coolest part about it. That like they found us and like reached out. And uh, yeah. I feel like also like the other thing that was cool is that's the first place we've ever played that had like dressing rooms. <laughs> so it felt like there was like a different like band experience. It wasn't just like when you're done, like, you just like move your stuff off stage and then you're in like the audience with everyone else. There was like a separate, there was a backstage. Well, that's yeah. like, I got to be cool and get my girlfriend backstage and be like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that concert was a lot of fun. Like it sounded good. I thought we were pretty tight and it was also just like really fun. Cause it made us feel like a legit band. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's pretty historic. What's it, uh, what's it actually like inside for any of the listeners that don't live in America or in LA? It's really cool. It's it's a little small, um, but it it's a really nice atmosphere. Um, there's a bar on the second floor. You oh, there's a a staircase just for the musicians because the green rooms are on like the second floor. Yeah, and. The green rooms are really cool. There's a big poster in there that, like, all the bands that have played there have signed on the poster. Oh man! I think I spent like 20 minutes just looking at the poster, seeing all the cool, all the cool names that I recognized. Yeah, was uh Jim Morrison and guys like that on it? Eddie Van Halen and Green Day and there's it's amazing place, man. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody has tried to steal that uh that kind or that poster. <laughs> 
I'm sure they've had to like, you know, like replace it a couple times because it's been around so long. Yeah, yeah. I will say though about those green rooms, they smelled like the walls were caked in decades worth of weed smoke. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a bunch of like mysterious stains everywhere. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) But like, if you do think about Hearted, like it's kind of cool, man. Like, I mean, yeah, that could be Eddie Van Halen's stain. Yeah, man, there could be. <laughs> like, that's a pretty yeah. cool claim to fame. I'm standing in Eddie Van Halen's piss stain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have uh, brought a Stanley knife with you, tried to cut out the patch, and try to sell it on eBay. <laughs> I mean, that, but that's the thing, though, is like you don't. With, with those things like you don't really know like it could have been eddie van halen it could have been like someone in like, like a small band our size too. <laughs> it really kind of lets you run wild with your imagination yeah so what it could be and where it could have came from yeah but you can no matter who it came from you can steal it and claim it's eddie van halen's piss That's yeah true. well i mean technically speaking can't you do that with any piss stain <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be, uh, the carpet isn't going to be signed or anything by Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. That's marked. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, um, any other, uh, best concert experiences? So, Hmm. that's gotta be hard to top now the whiskey. Yeah. I mean, the, my second favorite personally is, was probably the last one we did the the house show just because it was really low-key and fun i actually but. felt like pretty good at that show i don't know i don't think you guys agree but i like was relaxed and you might have sounded good at that show you're <laughs> <laughs> well, having a really good time yeah yeah but we're all having a good time so is this the one you mentioned earlier that uh, got shut down by the cops what happened there well it didn't really get shut down because they kind of we had stopped. I think the last band had stopped playing. But yeah, they kind of showed up at the perfect time because we were basically tearing down when uh, they showed up, and I think just like the the person whose house it was just came and it was just a noise complaint. So just like, oh yeah, we're, like, we're done. We're we'll yeah. keep it down. Well, if there's no more best experiences, we'll uh, we'll move on to the next section. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. I mean the. Uh, the whole tour thing was also fun just to be in like a different city and like hanging out like that, that, that part of it was special. I don't know if like the shows were necessarily our like greatest work or anything, <laughs> but, uh, but that was another just kind of fun experience. There was a venue we played at called Oak- Oakland secret. I really liked that venue. It was really yeah. cool. It was just like a kind of an abandoned house that was repurposed oh. to be a, be a concert venue um and they put a little stage in there and like i think the venue owners lived in the house sounds cool yeah there's also like a cool backyard that uh that we're hanging out in like before the show like i don't know it's just really nice there's like a little garden there cool cool (laughs) that's that's all i gotta say it was just (laughs) it was just nice so it's pretty good too but it it was an interesting venue Getting to be on tour and going to different cities, though, it has to feel like you're actually starting to make it or you have made it. 
Not the way we do. <laughs> when you see the first venue and you realize that it's just another small room, like the small rooms you're playing back home, just with a few different people. Yeah, but I mean, like, also, like, there's the whole thing, like, we put all the stuff in James's dad's car because we figured that it was the biggest and, like, we figured it would be the safest. Mm. And then... And then the fact that we were just like sleeping in the car when we were up there, like it was, it was a fun experience to like hang out with friends and to play music. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily gave me like the best feeling that we were like a success or anything. <laughs> but it was a hopeful drive up. It would, yeah, it would, it was a fun drive. It was a fun time. It was, it was worth it even if we did it like probably the cheapest possible way. <laughs> uh, sure, you have the memories anyway and the experiences. It's all part of it. Exactly. So we'll, uh, at this stage, I usually uh, get slightly more personal, but uh, I think I'll focus on ye as a band instead of individually. So uh, I normally ask what musician you'd like to quarantine with for 24 hours, but I think I'll ask what famous band you would like to go on tour with Ooh, that's a really good question it's a good question <laughs> i feel like i want to say we're all going to have differing answers but last time we didn't have differing answers last time i said that no of we course not- it can be living or dead from the past or the present oh, oh that makes it even tougher <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> hmm. i mean god green day is like one of my all-time favorite bands so that was like i was obsessed with them when i was starting to learn guitar and bass and i think we would i think like we would complement each other i guess okay okay um that would be an amazing band to tour with yeah sure. i'd imagine that'd be pretty fun even the backstage yeah. stuff and everything before and afterwards that seem re like to be really just great guys to hang out with yeah Oh, definitely. I'd say Foo Fighters as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. those guys are awesome. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. They'd uh, they'd be one of my favorite bands now. Well, I'm not. Dave Grohl would be one of my favorite musicians. I'll put it that way. But yeah. um, he actually seems like he still kind of parties hard afterwards. Yeah. I seen him uh, play a gig in uh, 2019 in Ireland. And I think he was half pissed on the stage or half something <laughs> on the stage anyway. But he was having so much fun and I could only imagine what he got up to backstage afterwards. We, uh, the place he was playing, there was a curfew. So I think it's uh, 10, 30, 11, because it's in a kind of suburban area. And uh, his road manager came out on stage and started tapping his wrist, telling him to... Uh, to stop playing you know that he had five minutes left and he was like you know what man i'll write a check right now i'm playing for as long as i fucking want i'm dave Grohl. these guys are having a good time and so am i (laughs) so yeah yeah he just seems like a really fun guy yeah he does also always kind of seem like he's on something (laughs) yeah he does that's I feel like that's the interesting thing, man. Cause like you hear him like talk and stuff and like you, like you see him as like a celebrity personality and like 
he he doesn't seem like that i feel like he seems like pretty clear and like well thought out like it's just when he's playing that he seems like a madman yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he's actually kind of like polar opposites yeah. yeah i was gonna say i think it's a similar thing last time we saw them there was a it was in a like urban area or they're kind of near a neighborhood so he had a curfew and they just blew past it they were like an hour <laughs> over <laughs> it's a uh, it's kind of it sucks though when there is a curfew you know you should be just allowed to play for as long as you want if you want to play for five hours play for five hours if right. you can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From uh, from sunset to sunrise, I challenge I challenge any bands to do that. <laughs> that would be very interesting. <laughs> That's how you do a live stream concert, man. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Oh, we're just getting ideas here because, like, I'm I'm not even joking here. I would <laughs> I do this. <laughs> I don't know how interesting it would be because you know I'm sure at like four in the morning, like when you're tired as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just like lay down on the floor and just strum on my guitar, but uh, I'd give it a shot, man. Yeah. It'd be one way to get your name in the Guinness Book of Records, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if a like, live stream would count as that. As, as your... As a concert? Yeah. I, I can just see myself getting talked into this and actually... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i'll have to uh keep an eye out for when you're doing it i'll definitely be tuning in for a night long live stream yeah we'll see how long it takes to uh to talk you guys into it <laughs> <laughs> kind of about it already yeah no james i'm sure would be into that i <laughs> i'm not so sure <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like the live stream is like the best way to do it because yeah. like, you know, then you're in like the comfort of your room. It can get like way weirder, like when you start getting tired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I, I don't think I've done it recently, but when we first started playing and you would do an acoustic song that didn't have any drums, I'd pull out a pillow and lie down on stage. Yeah, man, we can trade off. Like, I'll, I'll do an acoustic song, and then you just do like a thirty-minute drum solo, and I'll take a nap. <laughs> Wait, what was the venue where? I think it there was an acoustic song happening, and so Aiden and I sat down on some somewhere on the stage together, and then whoever was controlling like there were smoke machines. Oh yeah, that was Amplify, wasn't it? I think it was at Amplify. Someone like turned on a smoke machine and it happened to be like sm put smoke right in our faces and we like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what happened i think we just started coughing i think we were trying not to cough and interrupt the song oh, that must have been really tough i hate yeah. you know i hate when uh, you get that urge to cough and you're doing everything to try not to but yeah. if you're singing then i can't imagine how you'd get through the song yeah Luckily, we weren't singing. I don't know. If... <laughs> no, I was. I was fine. I was out of the range of the uh, the smoke machine. <laughs> I like lay my face right down next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Always check for a smoke machine when you're laying down on stage. Is the moral of that story? <laughs> so uh, the next question, then, um, if you could see any band living or dead in concert, who would it be? Ooh. 
Yeah, the living or dead makes it tough. I'm 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 just gonna go out and say a band that I'd really like to see that I haven't seen yet is The Strokes. Right. And uh, I feel like I've been trying for years to like get tickets and for whatever reason, like they haven't been on tour or whatever. So that that's gonna be my answer. I'm gonna go with the strokes. Good one, good one. I think seeing like the Beatles play as the Beatles. Oh like, man. Oh. That's the ultimate. <laughs> that's the dream, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ooh. Now, would you have liked to seen their uh, their, I think, sixty four Chicago Stadium show or the rooftop show? Well, I think was the Chicago Stadium was that when the crowd was screaming so loud they couldn't hear themselves play? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be interesting, but probably the rooftop show, which was like you know the kind of the death of the Beatles. Yeah, it was. It was. It was when they uh, they couldn't stand each other and. I'm surprised they even managed to get on the same rooftop with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome to see. I once heard an interesting story about the Beatles, actually, uh, about the time when they were uh, all not getting on. It was near the end of them being a band. And they, uh, Paul McCartney used to, so they couldn't stand being in the same recording studio with each other. So Paul McCartney used to go in secretly and record every other instrument. Then when the, the guys come in, they'd be like, yeah, your part's already recorded. It's kind of a big fuck you, oh. like. <laughs> it's smart if you're just trying to hold the band together. Yeah, yeah. And James, what about you? Ooh. Yeah. Mm. God, there's a million. I'd, uh, it'd be great to see, like, one of Miles Davis's quintets live. Yeah, actually. Oh my god. Yeah. Either either of his like great um five piece combos. Um you know, he played with like John Coltrane and then later he played with Herbie Hancock. Either of those would be amazing to see go live. Um that would be really, really cool. I regret that I have I didn't get to see Chick Corea play live. He's one of my favorite jazz guys. Really? Yeah. I haven't actually yeah, heard of heard of him before now. Oh, he's amazing. He's did a lot of cool like jazz fusion stuff. Yeah. And he passed away recently. Oh. So that's kind of what why I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um but oh I guess a living band I'd love to see live is Delta Sleep. They're like from the UK. They're kind of a little math rocky. Hmm. They also kind of have a little bit of a similar sound, I'd say, to us. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see them. They're, they're still around, so that that can happen. There's hope. There's hope after COVID. Yeah. Another, uh, another individual question, then. What song would you pick to appear on the soundtrack to your lives? It's another oh. tough one. It's probably the toughest yeah. one out of the whole interview. Yeah. I can think of a couple. I think I've been uh been listening to some like mid two thousands alternative hits lately, and I think "Float On" by Modest Mouse is a is a good one. Yeah, it's a good like. one. Um, there's an Alkaline Trio song called "Nose Over Tail" that also has just like kind of starting your day energy to it. Mm. Get gets moving. <laughs> so I'd say those. I mean. I can listen to like Mr. Brightside on repeat 
for like ever really <laughs> i think it's kind of like a perfect song like the the guitar riff just like the right balance of like kind of like tragedy and like wide-eyedness i don't know i just i just love it <laughs> so it's a good choice good choice yeah that or uh another one of my favorite songs is uh blink 182's asthenia uh it starts like a really cool like kind of space intro and uh i just really like the way all the parts kind of fit together in that song like in trying to learn it like it really doesn't sound right unless all the like guitar bass it's just guitar bass and drums really mm. but like it's interesting that it's like crafted in such a way that like it doesn't sound right without like any one piece of it yeah yeah uh yeah i love it cool choice cool choice and uh james what about you um ooh. that's a great it's a great question um i've this past week i've been listening to a ton of uh theo katzman's music his like solo his like solo work yeah. and there's one song that he has called the death of us that i feel like if there was literally if there was literally like a movie about my life for some reason that would be a great song to just be on the soundtrack i feel like it would fit the fit the vibe very well cool um, cool it's a it's nice groovy very groovy song i feel like i could listen to it for forever and like not really mind not bad not bad all good uh all good choices just thought of another question on off the top of my head um if someone had never heard your band before and you could only play one song for them that would let them know what the band is all about what would it be um i think actually the song played at the start of this podcast uh, perfect on paper is like the the best version of fears as a band mm. like it's, it's energetic it's angry and it's short and it leaves them wanting more it's just like a burst of energy and then they go about their way and they do whatever they want with, with that, <laughs> with that perfect though one thing you said there that i think uh is very important always in everything always leave them wanting more yeah yeah there's a reason we only played a two-hour set once and now most of our sets are <laughs> half hour <laughs> <laughs> although we could revert back <laughs> or do our uh, like we we're talking like do a six long or, like, eight hour sets <laughs> <laughs> I'd um it'd be interesting to see now after six or eight hours if they'd still want more. I'm sure they probably would, but they might need some uh they might need some sleep yeah. first. That's a good point. I'm sure there's like some point at the night that they're just like like whatever the viewership is just drops to zero. <laughs> well that's the point where you start questioning is like should yeah. you keep going? Do you, just do you to go do on? Will anyone join or do you just do it? <laughs> do it to tower to it. Like I'm sure some of the biggest bands in the world now, if they were to play for eight hours, there'd be points when nobody would be tuning in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I think I would also say Perfect on Paper 
I was thinking that like before you said it, Aiden. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a really good representation of just um, you know, what you get with with our band and mm. yeah. I think it's something where I think it's a very good introduction, um, and it would make people like curious to see what else um there is. Yeah, I might have to agree with you guys. Like there's, there might be like other songs that I like might like more. Like I might like Drink the Nicotine a little better. But as far as like an introduction goes, I think Perfect on Paper is good because it's short. It's not quite as dark as we can go. So like, you know, it's like a good kind of like little teaser taste of what we have to offer. And if you want to dive in more. You know, it's not going to scare people off. <laughs> but if you're into it, there's there's more to be had. We didn't start the album with that song, did we? No. We should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's Burning Away starts it, right? Yeah. But Burning Away is a pretty good opener. It's a good opener. <laughs> James, your face. That's the problem, right? Is you can always make things better in hindsight. Yeah, although it's hard to say because, like, I agree with you that it's like a good. It it would be a good opener, but at the same time, I go back and I listen to the album, and like, I'm pretty happy with the way it flows and it moves. Yeah. And like, whenever I go and put it on, I usually end up listening to most of it just because I end up enjoying it, even though sometimes I don't even intend to. Mm. Oh yeah. So, so yes, it could it could have been maybe a better opener, but I'm pretty happy with the tracking order that we ended up with. Yeah. This makes me want to listen to the album. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you all automatically settled on the one song for people to listen to. I think it shows how tight you are as a band. You know, mm-hmm. I was actually expecting at least two different opinions but it's interesting that you all came to the same conclusion of which song to play yeah yeah that's uh, good but uh so what's next on the cards for you guys i know it's probably a good bit off now with things that are going on but well just over quarantine it's it's trying to do a lot of promotion Mm. and doing podcasts like this yeah uh, doing what we can doing what we can writing songs yeah i mean i'm trying to write new stuff it's it's interesting and difficult like where we are right now with the pandemic Mm. and how myself and i feel like a lot of the people at large are kind of over that phase of like you know, trying to, oh, we're going to use this time to be as productive as possible. And it's kind of like sunk into more of like a depression thing. Like it's just never going to end. Yeah. Like just kind of laying there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to write new songs for the band, but you know, at the same time, it's kind of hard to overcome that uh, pandemic inertia <laughs> sometimes. It is when it seems like it's never going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you, when it feels like you're never going to get to play a live show again and even like be able to like record in like the same studio again because we've done uh we did one recording uh over the pandemic for a like 
charity compilation album. Uh, James actually, I think, put it together. It was to raise money for the ACLU. But we basically just recorded that, like, you know, passing files back and forth. And it's definitely a more fun experience to be able to be in the same room together and make music. Oh, yeah, of course. I can imagine. Just you wouldn't it wouldn't be the same vibe of, you know, being on your own recording and then sending a file and you kind of you need to be in person to bounce off each other as well. Yeah, mm. you do. <laughs> There's a lot gets lost in translation when you're just sending text messages and files back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, it's also more efficient, too, when you're there together, because like yeah. if something's not working. You can just change it super quick instead of, you know, going back and forth for weeks on end. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm sure as soon as you can, you'll be uh, arranging tours and live performances. Oh, yeah. yeah I definitely hope so. I don't know, we're low. Maybe we could get some hamster bowls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an idea. It's an idea. Or you could do oh, like uh, a drive-in live performance. Everyone come and stay in their cars. <laughs> <laughs> we just... <laughs> We joked about there was like an internet meme a while ago about like storming Area 51. Oh yeah, yeah. And like we were always yeah. joking about like getting a flatbed, and like driving <laughs> out there and like playing as they like run towards whatever the like fence or like border or whatever they have there. That's uh, that's a pretty good idea. It's very cinematic. <laughs> you know, living in Southern California is you're not that far from a desert. From just like open desert yeah from just like the middle of nowhere <laughs> so get a bunch of people it's actually a, a good idea for your next music video yeah yeah you don't have to pay for desert do you no. <laughs> it's, still, uh, it's difficult to find electricity in the desert that's true if you're in yeah. the middle of nowhere. we're just fake playing it's a music video true what about the cameras mm. <laughs> make sure they're charged yeah <laughs> this brings us to the end of the interview unfortunately i i really enjoyed it um but before we go would you like to introduce and tell us a bit about the song we're going to hear yeah uh do you mind if we plug the album as well yeah of course of course um so this you wrote this song right? yeah yeah uh so it's it's <laughs> 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 Held you by streaming most places, spelled a dumb way. L apostrophe A P P E L. That's the way it's spelled. But it's, it's a French word. But it's dumb that it's that. It's <laughs> the one that came up with the I, name. I'm aware. I'm aware. I I in when I was uploading the album oh, to ask you how it was spelled. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear the story behind this name. So, <laughs> name for the album a long time before we actually recorded it, like before we had all the songs. But we had most of it written, and we knew like what the general vibe of it was at that point. And we are not a band that's great at coming up with names. <laughs> I think it's a cool name. It's like a cool name. Admittedly, it's hard to spell and probably makes it difficult to find and search for it in Spotify. Well, it's two things. But I think it's, it's cool. It's that. And also, if you just Google Lapel Divide, which are, <laughs> if you Google Lapel Divide, it comes up with like suicide prevention websites and stuff like that. Right. Which is not great. <laughs> oh, no. The 
first album, A Native Desert Palm, if you Google that, nothing else would really come up. You'd probably find the album. Uh, but anyway, L apostrophe A P P E L D U V I D E, Lapel Divide by Fears of Abandonment. Tell us about the song. <laughs> yeah, it's called Drink the Nicotine. Uh, I wrote it. That is a fact right there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like probably the most depressing song on the album. Oh, I'm, yeah. Like, I mean, not to... Wait, what, James? It's energetic musically. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely falls into that kind of like genre of like, I guess it's kind of like a pop punk, like emo thing of like having an upbeat song to like super depressing lyrics. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it's basically just about like what Aiden said. Like, if you search LPL Dubai, which is why I think it's a good uh, name for it, like, it's kind of about like depression and like, I feel like a lot of what we're going through through quarantine, like sometimes not feeling like you're able to like really connect with people yeah. and like, you know, sometimes feeling like you're not good enough at what you do and just kind of like really kind of like embracing and like clinging <laughs> to that feeling is kind of what the song's about. So not to end it on a bummer note or anything, <laughs> but listen to the song, you know, <laughs> there's a, you reminded me of a question I was wanting to ask at the start. How did you come up for the name of the band? Mm. That was a process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were bouncing names off of each other for like a good week. The The problem is like every time you come up with like a cool band name is you'll like Google it and then find out that someone else is already using it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we had like, yeah, we were like bouncing names off each other for like a week and doing that and it, they kept coming up as like actual bands and uh i don't know i just i the kind of criteria i was looking for in a band name was like could i see this at the top of a festival like uh line up and yeah line up <laughs> those, are, those are the words I'm looking for and uh just I thought Fears of Abandonment had a nice ring to it. Like in my mind, I could totally see it at the top, at the top of the uh, marquee. And mm -hmm. I looked it up, and there wasn't anything there. And you know, we got depressing lyrics sometimes, so I think it kind of fits. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where it came from. I think it's a great name, though, and it's uh, like when you see the name, I think you know what to expect. You know, you know the exact type of music you're going to expect. And uh, it really fits well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's good to hear. That makes it better, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since we've seen the choose things that are, like, difficult to spell. Because <laughs> we've actually had it misspelled before. On yeah. <laughs> We've had, the like, on playing shows uh, up on marquees or stuff, it's been fears of abandonment. <laughs> yeah so maybe right. maybe that's that should be what we do for our next album is you know try to make something that's easy for people to search for <laughs> I, thought you meant, I thought you meant name it fears of abandonment by fears of abandonment <laughs> oh, that's good. that would be kind of cool we yeah. need two albums we have one that's fears of abandonment <laughs> and then it's just a self-titled album <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll confuse the hell out of people. 
<laughs> Every album keep adding an n into it, so years of abandonment. Every album be a misspelled variation. Of yeah, the that's, a, <laughs> that's a very good marketing idea. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, so uh, the album is available on all streaming services right now, is it? Yep. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Right, guys. Well, this has definitely been one of the funnest interview interviews I've done. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks a million for coming on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, you too. And uh, all the best for the future and everything post-COVID. Yeah, so, same to you. <laughs> thanks. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah. Take it easy. All right, take care.
I certainly hope you enjoyed that episode. I sure had a lot of fun recording it with the guys. If you did enjoy it, why not rate and review us on iTunes? It really helps the show grow. And make sure to find us and follow us on social media. Just search for Concerts That Made Us. My guest next week is the amazing Eliza Hava. I'm really looking forward to this episode. So make sure you check out her music and be prepared for next week's episode. Until then, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.